Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Stay on Target. I am one of your hosts, John Wright. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at uh, Stay on Target Pod and me on Twitter at John Wright 777. I'm here today with very special guests. Jay Pinions himself. Jay Pinions in the house. And we were just like figuring out like when was the last time you were on this this year podcast. And it was like last year. Oh yeah, it's 2017. We stuff. were, uh, we're we, turning the chapter. Yeah, we talked about like the the worst trends in, or our least favorite mm. trends, I should say, in uh, in in movies over that year. And so we've just gotten deeper into those same trends. I really I really feel like if anybody wanted to go back and listen to that that podcast, like it'd still be pretty timely. Yep. True. Uh, we're going more positive today, though. That's right. You know, more more joy on this podcast. More, more joy and the threat <laughs> of nuclear uh, nuclear you know winter or whatever uh, from from uh, yeah. Mission Impossible Fallout. The review. The review. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm I'm I like this is one of those series. I was like looking for Chris. Chris couldn't be on the show or whatever. I was like, oh man, I want to review this because uh, my my friend Ben who listens to the show was like, oh, are you reviewing Mission Impossible? And I was like, I you know I I I hadn't thought about it. It wasn't in our calendar, and I was like, mm. why isn't it in our calendar? And then I texted you, and I was like, Jared, do you want do you want to go review this movie with me? Which I think is awesome because one, I love doing the reviews anytime with you guys. Uh, but then two, this is the first time that it's just been the Jared and John show. That's right. Today, no Chris on the podcast. It's the old, you know, we'll John see Jared how this takeover. Goes. This could turn. This could turn the whole podcast in a different direction. I mean, I mean, um, we could just know, rename it. We'll you see, know? I mean, I mean, just what's just tell me what's gonna happen if this podcast, <laughs> this specific episode, gets. Eight times the normal views of your other podcast. I mean, it will be undeniable. You know, there's going to have to be a business you know? meeting it's that like... goes down <laughs> if that happens. We're all going to have to sit down, and have a conversation here. You I'm know, just, that's all I'm asking for <laughs> is a conversation. I like it. I, I, I like it. We'll have to see. You know, it's like if you're listening to this and you've never listened to this show before, this is you know this this could be the new thing. Could be the new thing. Uh, I'm excited to see how Ben feels about it as well. Okay, I'll ask him. Personally. I'll for sure ask him. Um, so Jared, what have you, what have you been up to since the last time you were on the podcast since last, the last year? Time, you know what? We're, we'll, we'll just go with the highlights. Okay. Of, <laughs> you know, and I'll, and I mean the major highlights. So we're just, okay. and we're, so we'll just go two. Okay. <laughs> just two. Uh, like these are like big highlights. Well, that's then. what I'm saying. Yeah. We're just going to have two good spikes on here. Uh, number one is I have acquired, uh, and this has been some months ago now, but I acquired a Wii U. Ooh. Um, and, uh, which, you know, is the, the redheaded stepchild <laughs> of the Nintendo franchise. <laughs> I want to say Nintendo probably wishes that it, it like could forget that yeah, yeah, era. Yeah. It, it's, it's like George Lucas's original cut of star Wars. You know, it's just <laughs> like that. He, you know, just claims doesn't really exist. And, you know, Greedo never shot first and, you know, all that stuff. No, no. It's, I always <laughs> intended there to be so that's, many stormtroopers in the desert. Absolutely. That's there the were, way it always was in 1977. <laughs> you can't prove it wasn't. <laughs> there were so many stormtroopers there, like hundreds. <laughs> yeah, so it's much like that, um, but that's that's okay uh, because in a lot of ways the Wii U is definitely more of a commercial failure than it was uh, a failure on uh, some games because it does have some great games and I picked that's one up for super cheap 
and have uh, really been enjoying playing some of those games. Like, that's the uh, thing. Like they're even releasing some like so many of those oh, yeah. games on the that Switch was, like, now. The thing that kind of like turned turned me on to it is like I was looking at like the Switch because that's yeah. what I initially really wanted to get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but then mainly just for something like Super Mario Odyssey, or which uh, you know is obviously super highly rated, and I played for a little bit and wanted to would love to divulge into the whole game. It's so good, man. Uh, but then I'm going to be $400 deep or something like I know, that right? just in like playing this one game. And it was just like, ah, I just don't know if it's, it's worth like, how it right invested now. are you right now? Where exactly. it's like, can I just get a, you know, and the Wii U is, is because but, of the fact that like, Oh, we're just yeah. going to like shove it over to the side. You might be able to pick one up from somebody like pretty cheap. Yeah, Picked one up for a hundred bucks. Holy cow. Whatever. So, so yeah, much, much better, better deal. But uh, I enjoy almost like any Mario game, so I'll be playing through the Mario games on that. And then there uh, is a really good one that I haven't played on it because I never owned a Wii U. Uh, right. Super Mario World. Do you have that one? The 3D the world. The 3D world. Yeah, yes, that's what it is. I do. That one's is really fun. I've heard uh, it's fantastic. Not, not quite what I thought it would be, even. Mm, um, interesting. Because it's not really. You know, it's not like Mario 64 mm-hmm. or Mario Galaxy. Not like the open world exactly. or anything like it's that. Not, yeah. it's, it's not like that. It's just 3D in the sense of, obviously, they use it in very uh, inventive ways. But just think, you know, I don't know, like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game or something like that, where you're just going up and down into the side. It's still a linear game, mm. like the 2D ones. Yeah. Um, where so you point go, A to point you, B. You start at the beginning and you go to the flagpole at the end, and that's it. And, you know, to some extent, you are confined on a course. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's not like you can just go right for like miles and miles and left for miles <laughs> and miles. It's more so this kind of 3D yeah. structure that would kind of pave the way through the whole level. I dig it. Level. I but dig it. it that's awesome. A, it is a lot of fun. You can do the multiplayer. Uh, which I enjoy doing with my fiance. That's awesome, uh, and she she gets in there, and it's that that's probably also a highlight. You got engaged, is. FYI. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if we were gonna go that personal. On no, the no, podcast. no, not personal stuff. You know, you, you know. don't have to. No, no. But I, I did did want to throw that out there. That okay, congrats, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, so I, officially I am, to the world. Congratulations. I'm engaged for sure, and uh, <laughs> that's good. So that's awesome. So it's a great two player game then. Like every like yeah. sh- like it's that's the thing. Like with two player like couch co op games. Like I love some two-player couch co-op games like with uh on the switch like whenever it first came out we got snipper clips and so you've played snipper clips before where it's like you're the it's like a, a, a side scrolling thing where you're like clipping little shapes out of each other trying to get the ball from like point a to point b i don't know if pencil. i have played that oh man it's super fun anyway but Catherine and i like it's super fun to like go on trips oh, with wait, it and wait, play wait, that wait, 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 wait. you're talking about like the analog game super clips Sn- snipper clips snipper no no, no, no. Clips. the uh on the switch there's a oh, only on the switch no i'm not on playing the on the switch dude i need to i need to whip out this game oh, Okay, next okay, time okay. we're hanging because it's a really fun multiplayer game all right i anyway. enjoy fun multiplayer games so super mario uh, 3d world good multiplayer definitely good multiplayer um, Dig it. it to me even i would say it's on the easier side okay um it's definitely just like an enjoyable thing to play I, i'm almost through, through the whole game right now and I obviously as you get to like the last world like there's some tough levels um but by the difficulty large, ramp up that sort of thing yeah Absolutely, but uh, it's a pretty easy game overall. And even there's for the people that are really struggling after you die, like I don't even know, like not even that many times, maybe like five times on a level or something like that. Suddenly at the beginning, there's this other box that you can hit that th- you can have. You have the normal raccoon suit, right? Yeah. And then this is a white raccoon suit 
where Ooh. basically it's oh, like man. a pea combined with a star. What? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have the raccoon suit and you can fly infinitely. Um, <laughs> That's and, amazing. And you don't get hurt. You can just walk into an enemy and destroy them. That's The only so- way you can die is by falling off the screen. I appreciate. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Back up one second. You can't fly infinitely. You can okay. fly a lot, but you do fall. And then okay. you can jump again and fly and fly. I always appreciate like difficulty. Like whenever whenever developers will set like a difficulty and like also have these other options just, you know, for like mm. the entry level people. Because like Mario games, obviously, like you want to share that with like a kid or like your yeah. nephew or like whatever. Like you're like, oh here, let's play this thing. And so if it's if it's ridiculously hard, then it's like, well, it's no fun. But like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I Celeste is another one that did that like earlier this year, where they give you these yep. options and that don't punish you for doing those options of just like, hey, you want a double jump? Here's a triple jump, you know, or yeah, whatever. Exactly. So. I, I, you know, pl- you know, uh, plan for the best, scale for the rest. You, right. know, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, which is great, you know, because yeah. then it is a, a more multifaceted game that um, appeals to more audiences. They did the same thing when they. Went to the Switch with uh, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. That's right. Which is another game that's really good for the Wii U. But uh, when they put it on the Switch, they did add this whole other mode that's where right. you're, Funky you're Funky Kong and you like ride a uh, surfboard that like kind of floats through the air a lot more. Because you're I funky. Think, I think you have like four or five or six more hearts, like a lot of hearts. Also because you're funky. Because you're funky, um, you can. I don't even know. It's I think I think also like you land if you land on spikes on the surfboard, that, like it'll like you save you, you a little. Like hurt. that first, That's like right. basically that first spike hit, it doesn't count. Yeah. You know, yeah, which is which is nice. You have, know, have and you then, played that game on Wii U? Yeah, I have it for mm. Wii U, and it is really good, nice. really really good. It's it's hard. It's you know on the other side of that, you know where it's the uh, the mode that they added on the Switch was well deserved because like. <laughs> Again, like my fiance will play uh, that game sometimes, and she just gets just so frustrated mm-hmm. or whatever because it's very hard. And yeah, I try yeah. to tell her, like, because she's not a gamer like yeah, yeah. at all. Like, yeah. o- only game she's played is games that she's played with me. But you know, she kind of like enjoys it because it yeah. is a cool game. It's got good music, and uh, awesome. you know, the controls are pretty easy. But it's tough. So and Chris is also not the platform, as you know. You've done you know, some like not the some best. super Chris, hard sure platform. Like, he's is a, really great at a lot of video games. He's great you know, at a lot of video deal, games. You know? <laughs> Platformers are not usually his thing. Yeah, which is my like bread it's, and butter. It's your jam. Like the first person <laughs> I I think I played like I played a hundred. What is it? Thousand one spikes oh, or hundred yeah. one spikes? Thousand, thousand one spikes. Thousand and one. Big thousand, dude. The game is brutal, man. So brutal. And so I've, mean. I've, I've not beaten it. Jason and I gave it a good run the other, uh, you know, uh, month or so, month or so ago, month us, month or so ago. There it is. There it is. Yeah, I think you said it right the first time, but then you psyched yourself out, which is always really funny. I can guess myself. Whatever, uh, dude. But, but yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, it's you so easily blaze. Like you said, you start with a thousand one lives. And every level is designed to just be like trap after trap after trap after trap. Chip away at that. So, yeah, so it's just a chip away, you know, because you don't know where the traps are. So you play like f- f- one second into the level and yeah. hit the first trap. And then you master that one and get like three seconds into the level. And, and that's where like easily burn a hundred lives in a level or something like that. So it's. 
I don't think I could play that like that that style of platformer. I love platformers, but like I don't think I could play it's that tough. style by myself. Like I'd no, have no, to no, play no, it no, with no, someone no, because no, like no, 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 no. by yourself, you're just like you just sit there and you'll just get frustrated where you're like, yeah. I, I, there's no way I could see that coming. I don't enjoy the entire playing premise. most video games in general like on my own. Like I, I'm definitely a person that enjoys the uh, the experience of hanging with your friends and playing and playing video games. Love it. Um, there's uh, you know the rare occasion of a game that like really will kind of just like suck me in and I'll just be playing it alone yeah. for hours and hours. Well, that's why like Nintendo platforms are usually really good is like that multiplayer. I mean, exactly. obviously like Xbox and PlayStation, they all have their like couch co-op kind of yeah. uh, games as well. But it's, you know, on Sony, majority of the time these days, it's single player, like as far as their uh, main big temple titles go. But Nintendo, yeah. it's like, you can always count on Nintendo to have some element of like a semi multiplayer, even like super mario odyssey which is a single player game mm -hmm. like you can like there's like a it's like 1.5 player because yeah, like you can, yeah, they, the other they player can like throw the hat games. and stuff yeah. so yeah it's like you can bop like the enemies or like you know keep mm -hmm. things away go pick, pick up these other coins while the other person does which is interesting know, so. sometimes but also like uh, I, I grew up doing the uh you know you, you die you pass the controller you know That's type right. thing on so That's many right. so many games i grew up with a lot of brothers so it's just like you play you die and you move on and then, and then hey you know you get a break and you can go get your snack or you know whatever and whenever get back i did in the rotation did play old uh what would it have been so like whatever the the super mario brothers um i think super mario brothers is the right one but whichever one like introduced luigi for the first time i remember right. ki like if i would play by myself i would do two player and i would kill mario every time because i just wanted the green guy like i was just like no i want i want to be luigi yeah, yeah. and like that was the that only like way you could three. do it you I, know? I think is what, what that sounds yeah yeah you, you click on two player but you're actually just playing by yourself and then you just you know roast all of mario's lives That's right yeah. i mean like seriously green is my favorite color why would i play as mario I know, when given the choice something about luigi it just begs to be to be better you know you, you know maybe it's you know rooting for the underdog or, right. or i don't know what but right. i'm a luigi guy through and through unless while luigi is an right. option oh my gosh well dude uh there has been a fan outcry. I, it's not going to happen, but it's like for the next Smash Brothers, like people are like, "Why isn't Waluigi in this?" Anyway, He's, they've still never put him in they've there. Never put. He's in it. He's has like an assist trophy or something like that, where like he can run on and like you know slap the right. enemies, but you can't yeah, control him because they, so. they've put Wario, Luigi, yeah. Mario, like every other like Mario yeah. character in there. But hmm. just Waluigi, not getting any love. Well. So uh, this week I have been pretty occupied with a game called Bomb Chicken. Speaking of platformers, Bomb Chicken. Bomb I mean, it already. Chicken. I can envision the game. So you're a chicken, and you can't jump, right. but you lay eggs, but they're actually bombs. Nice. And so it's kind of like Bomberman. It's it's basically like a 2D Bomberman is okay. what it feels like. It really like rather than like going like up and down like right. in a, this kind of plane you're just basically like platforming but okay. with bombs bomberman kind of things and you can like hit the bombs at other people and like they'll fly across the stage and so it's kind of like a puzzle-esque platforming kind of a game super fun you're trying to overthrow the uh the the evil chicken overlords or not chicken overlords, but human overlords that are like frying all the chickens and things like that so Yep, you're going against the. It's evil a good story. Sounds like a good story overall. You know, <laughs> it's very, very, very shallow. Like you get like a sentence of like exposition every single stage. Like where there's a there's like a, you're the person who is your the chicken god or whatever is like they don't suspect anything. I haven't gotten to the end yet, so I I'm assuming that at the end of this, like I I eventually get to confront the co corporation in some way. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that it's it's big. It probably is not going to be big at all. <laughs> 
it's probably gonna like pull the wool out from under me you know but yeah that's yeah. basically what i've been playing this week that sounds awesome though that sounds like a real grind. How many levels are we talking here? I, I or don't is it worlds, know yet. Or is it just like just level after level? It's like the checkpoints are, are every level, and like you, uh, they're fairly soon. Like there's, it's mm-hmm. a fairly like you know, if you die, you don't have to reset from like super yeah, far away. Yeah, it's more away. about just figuring out that section than it, it is about. Yeah, yeah, and like you can upgrade. Like if you collect, uh, I think they're like they're uh, they're little like gems. And if you collect those, you can trade those in for additional lives. Like, and so mm-hmm. every single level, you'll start with like five lives now. Like I've upgraded from one life to two lives to three lives to four to yeah. five now. And so like uh, as you go, you kind of can – if you collect everything, it gets easier. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so it's like I, I really haven't had to reset a level – more than a few times at this point, like more than like four times or something like that. So it's it's not like super difficult right now, but I do feel like it probably will ramp up. I've been playing it for maybe probably grand total four hours at this point. So I'm just yeah. barely in there is what I feel like. I feel like it'll probably be about a 20 hour game. That's sort oh, of wow. thing. So it feels cool. like, unless it's like ridiculously short, but How I mean, I feel you pay like for it's it? just that. like a little five, $10 downloadable game. It's, uh, I think it's at 10 bucks, 15 bucks, something like yeah. that. So it's, it's in that range on the switch. And I think it's on uh, Xbox and PlayStation as well. Have you been so. playing a lot of the switch? Like dude, the switch is where like, I've been, I've been I was gonna say, the majority the of, of my time? gaming. Yeah. Wow. Recently. Which is kind of strict. Cause you've normally not been a Nintendo guy. Most of your life. Most you know, of even, my life i was a sega up, kid growing yeah. up yeah that game gear man that game <laughs> gear <laughs> the game gear was legendary it's eight batteries it's ahead of its time <laughs> for sure it would take and ahead of my budget <laughs> it would take was it six batteries or eight batteries it was it was either six it or eight batteries lot. and it, that thing was heavy man i have it sitting our game gear sitting over there on that shelf right now wow. i could we could go check we could go fire that sucker up there's going to be a bonus podcast episode about us just tearing into the Game Gear, you know? I mean, I that's actually the second Game Gear that we own because I accidentally left it in a McDonald's in, oh. in Benton, Illinois. I left it in a McDonald's. Bonus for that kid that found Someone it. Someone stole it. <laughs> or like, you figure like you find like this thing and it's like, oh man, let me just turn it in. Or if some, even if somebody turned it in, it's like you, you get this thing turned into you. Oh man, I'm going to trade this in for some cash or something. Maybe, you know? but you know... It could also be more innocent-ish than that, you know, where like some kid just like takes it's true. It, he's got it in his backpack and doesn't the know any don't better. No, yeah. The parents just find it later like, where at did their you get house, this? and they're like, "Where'd this game gear come from?" And he's like, "I don't know." It did have some then, sweet games though, so hopefully they enjoyed it. Like, hopefully whoever has that game gear, I'm, I'm assuming they still have it because who they, can let go of the game you, gear? Why would you man? ever willingly get rid of a game there, gear? There is no reason. Yeah. It's uh, that's like you know, there's like in uh, in Harry Potter's like the unforgivable curses or whatever. That's yeah. like the fourth. You know, it's like that's the fourth thing in the wizarding world that you can do that it's unforgivable is give away a game gear. You know, just just willingly part with one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, game gear, man. Uh, but yeah, no Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Like that's where I've been playing all of my games. Like it's it's been the Switch. Nice hardcore man. It, the, since I finished God of War, basically it's yeah. been uh, it's been been basically just all about the Switch, man. Just Fortnite mostly. On, uh, I was gonna say yeah, Fortnite's like the the biggest thing these and days. It's on Switch, which is great because I can like pop on something on the TV and then play. Is it like, on just like every here. every system? It's, it's on your phone too, so Whoa. like you can play Fortnite for free anywhere. That's crazy. It's great. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that's, uh, that's something I've been doing is like, Oh, if there's like, I'll pop on like a YouTube channel or I'll pop on like something on the TV and then play something on switch. And like, yep. that's just been a really, really relaxing, relaxing time for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
which exactly. is weird to like do more things. Get as much media in your face at one time. I feel like it out. I feel like it's so much of it is like, oh, let's just do sensory overload. Yeah, yeah So yeah. that way I can relax. Yeah. Which is weird. Dude, that's that's how things work in 2018, man. <laughs> Human, humans have evolved. <laughs> <laughs> I also enjoy, you know, the good old, you know, solitary, like, mountain climb or whatever. But yeah. it's like, but whenever you're, like, home by yourself, it's like that sensory overload. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. You, you know, I, lo- I love to get out of the house, you know, more than a lot of people. But, yeah, when I'm home. I just want to be vegging out. Yeah, it's just the medium. Man. It's because you're recovering for the next time you climb that next mountain. You know, got that's, to man. It's the thing, um, dude. So we're gonna review Mission Impossible Fallout. But first, the news. The news. We have two items to talk about news-wise. The first being the Shazam trailer. Okay. The uh, the next uh, DCEU movie to, to have a debut trailer or whatever is the uh, Shazam movie. Are they even calling it the DCEU anymore? I don't know. I don't know what they're it's calling so it. It's so confusing. Why? Why? We talked about the whole Joker uh, Walking Phoenix movie that's like, is this in the DCEU? Who knows? It's definitely not. <laughs> anyway. It's, yeah. It's a mess over there at the DCEU. It is, but <laughs> some movies are getting made. That's right. Like Shazam. Like Shazam. And I will say, like, what did you think? So what did you think of this trailer? Uh, first thing that just comes to mind, it's, it's you know, uh, Tom Hanks is big with superpowers. You know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what yes. Is. That's exactly. That's, that's like a good, that's a good elevator pitch for Shazam. Like yeah. for that character. Yeah, for, exactly. For you Captain, know, you know, the elevator the, pitch. It's just like, yeah. I feel like whenever they were pitching that, that comic in the beginning, they're probably just like, I wish that Big had existed at that time because yeah. it would have been so much easier. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's exactly right. Do you does it like? And I feel like with this one, it has a distinctly different tone than any of the other DCEU kind right. of movies, which I appreciated. Yeah, it's like I don't even I don't even know what to expect. It's a weird one. It's and it it's it's a cool and weird time, just like overall. With the pools that we're pulling from in comic book lore to make movies from nowadays. You know, yeah. I mean, there was a time where it was just like, unless you're Batman, Spider-Man, or Superman, forget about it. You're not getting made. Like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um, and then for some reason, you know, it's gained enough popularity to where it's just like, yeah, pull from anywhere. And so well, we're pulling from Shazam. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's... It's wild. It's I, awesome. I mean, I don't know how the movie. It's definitely awesome. I, uh, I, I, I didn't know how I would enjoy. Oh, um, uh, Zachary Levi as the the main right. character, like as the superhero, because I was like, oh man, The Rock really like is in this movie as Black Adam as the enemy, but like he's like I always thought the The Rock should have been. Captain Marvel should have been the the superhero Shazam. You know, it's like I I really thought that that was yeah. like a good one, but then. So like going into the trailer, I didn't know how Zachary Levi would be, but like, dude, I I feel like he did, like it was it was very cool. It it worked. Is yeah, it was kind definitely. of what it, it, I it was uh, a good trailer. The, the thing that I got for sure. I, I don't know how to feel about the movie just overall. Yeah. Um. But it's I'm excited to hear more about it. Like I hadn't even really like I I knew it was a thing that it was gonna happen, but it's not something that I had like paid attention to or pursued like where things were with it like i had no clue that like it was even like being filmed yeah or anything like that like it was just a movie that was just not on my radar 
at all as something that was like right now. When is it? It's like next summer. Yeah, or it's is like it next, next year. Spring, probably. It's after Aquaman. Aquaman comes out first next year, so it comes out. I think Aquaman Aquaman's is this year. It's, it's, it's the, yeah, Aquaman's late this year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's like mm-hmm. November or December, which is wild to me. Like it blows my mind that like we haven't seen. Like they haven't been promoting Aquaman nearly as much as I would have anticipated them promoting it. But I, I mean, I'm sure we'll see that in the lead up. But like yeah. after last year, like uh, Justice yeah. League, exactly. I'm, I'm I'm not worried about it. I think it's just I think it's just I think it's similar to like what you're gonna see Star Wars do here pretty soon, with uh, just kind of letting things chill out and cool off or whatever. And then you know you probably won't even see anything with Episode Nine till like next maybe Star Wars celebration in the April. Maybe, or, yeah. Or something like that. You know, yeah. we're kind of the first kind of stuff that you'll hear of that. Just let it, just let the buzz go away so then they can ramp it back up and really get people excited about it again. And I think that's similar to what they're trying to do with the uh, DCEU is because Justice League, you know, just didn't land on so many levels. And... Henry Cavill, you know? Henry Cavill, they should have just left the facial hair. After all, after sure. watching Mission Impossible Fallout, now having seen the facial hair that we went and digitally removed, yeah. I just I wish they would have just left it, man. Yeah, they should have just pulled his whole character, you know? Like, I literally just... just want him to, like, in fact, like, can we go back and retroactively on Man of Steel and on Batman versus Super, can we put <laughs> facial hair onto Henry Cavill? <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that. The old bearded uh, Superman? They should have done it anyway because there should have been bearded black suit Superman in Justice League. So yep. they could have just pulled it off anyway and not had yep. to deal with the CGI stuff. I would have been fine with that. Yeah. But nope, they went a different route. Went a different, and, uh, went a different route. But yeah, Shazam's coming out. I guess Black Adam is still uh, in the production line. Like I remember they not announced a long time ago that The Rock was attached to this Black Adam thing but then i don't even think they've set an actual date on that movie no like what's funny about like that specific move of like oh you know him being black adam or whatever Uh like years and years ago like before the rock blew up and what became the rock it was rumored that they were going to do like a black adam or a shazam movie and the rock was going to be like the star in it yeah and and it was like oh it's a good idea then and then like it resurfaced back a couple years ago now and like whenever he finally like on his Instagram was like, Hey, I've agreed to do this. And I guess like maybe his schedule is just that full where it's just like, well, who knows when this is going to all come together. But yeah, you know, man, when you make seven movies a year, you know, it's hard to, you know, pencil another one in. That's right. It's crazy. Well, I mean, and then Jumanji like two is happening. I don't, you know, it's like, yep. that's, that's going to be who knows when, I don't know. Uh, I think it's just next year. Next like, year. I think they're, yeah. Pretty awesome. I mean, when your movie makes a billion dollars, you know, they're just like, yeah, let's return the wheel again on that, which is crazy that it made a billion dollars. It came out like right after Star Wars, too, which blew my mind. I I was like, this movie, they're sending this movie out to die, was my thought. And it didn't even do that super great when it opened, even. It just kept going (laughs) and just kept making more money. It was crazy. But anyway, so my question with the Shazam thing, my question is. Is what what do you think the where do you think they're in your opinion where they're trying to move with this? Are they going? Is this just like a thing that they're doing? Yeah. Are they gonna try to eventually have Shazam and Black Adam and Superman all on screen together? So like I would think that like over there at the the Warner Brothers, the the executives are probably all sitting there going, seeing all the stacks of cash that Marvel is making yeah. from their team up movies. Right. And they're going, Man, if we could get in on that, that'd be great. But what my hope is 
is that they just forget completely about the big stack yep. of cash over there and just make a good movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Standalone, like, I don't even care if, like, it seems like Superman is in this universe. Like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, sure, put some, like, Wayne Enterprises or, like, hey, make, you know, put Superman on TV or something. Like, whatever. Like, make it tie in a little bit with the DC universe, but don't shoehorn it in kind of like Batman versus Superman or whatever. Um, yep. Because, like, I really do think they need to just step back, make a couple of solid movies, like single one-off mm-hmm movies because they already have wonder woman like that's a really good like standalone movie there now if we can get aquaman like i don't i don't know how that's gonna go i i don't know it's just and then this i like the trailer you know the trailer looks good the poster looks really weird with all the fish swimming at you or whatever, all the perspectives are wrong. Poster, Different but. sizes of fish are all in hmm. like, it's like these fish cannot exist in this space. This that's clearly a, a smaller version of like <laughs> a killer whale or whatever. You know, it's like, this is not, yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, Aquaman, like if they can nail Aquaman and then nail this movie, I mean, I really think like, let's not do another team up until we can get like some solid one-off movies yeah, with no and even, like crossovers. And even like you said, like a, ah, you don't have to do it exactly like Mar- Marvel is doing it as yeah. cool as what they're doing is. Yeah. You, it would be better to make, like you said, make a better movie and it not make as much sense in the universe than yeah. like really try to make it tie together <laughs> and it not be that great of a movie. Right. Like, you know, you can forgive that other stuff of just like, oh, whatever, this has a different Joker in it, or this has, you know, what, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, this Aquaman, you know, when does it take place? Who cares? Right. Um, just, make, just make that movie, and don't so much worry about the universe. You know, kind of you've already messed that up enough <laughs> to where it's just like, just start making movies, and then eventually, <laughs> as you start getting some traction and some success, you'll yeah. be like, Okay, now we're going to kind of redo this universe thing. Right. Um, and then you can kind of know where to put like mm-hmm. where to put your your time and money investments in that that yeah. case. So where it's like Wonder Woman, really great movie and really connected with audiences. The next Wonder Woman like it's if if we continue like hey, let's put the money there. Aquaman if that does well, it's like hey, let's put money into another like Aquaman or maybe do yeah, an exactly. Aquaman Wonder Woman team up, you know? And like just just yeah. kind of like find, do find out what has some success for yeah. you. Rather than just go, okay, here's a universe. Let's throw it all into one movie, mm-hmm. you know. So anyway, it's a, it, I'm I'm excited for Shazam. That character, Billy Batson, and uh, and Captain Marvel in the DC universe. There's also a Captain Marvel in the Marvel universe. So yep, they keep them separate. Yep. Anyway, but th- this uh, I've always enjoyed Billy Batson as a character. Just being a kid, but like in an adult's body is hilarious. Like you said, it's like big, yep. but with superpowers. It's you know, sur- it's it's like. It's like a comic book that was written by a kid, you know, I mean, because that's exactly what you wanted as a kid yeah. was to be a, have a superpower. Yeah, so, yeah. So and, to uh, imagine what that would be like yep. uh, to have superpowers and what kind of decisions you would make and the bad decisions that you would make <laughs> and uh, the, Dude, the, fr- I, the frivolous things that you would use your superpowers for. If that I had been the- given superpowers as a child, I would have made so many bad decisions. Absolutely. <laughs> 
100% bad decisions. And like I said, just like really not living up to the potential. Yeah, you know, like just course. really just like, yeah, I'm going to fly over to Taco Bell and get a chicken quesadilla and a Baja Blast. You know? I also find it interesting, like, because we sort of have like, you know, oh, Spider-Man, like he's a younger superhero. And like, that's kind of a cool vibe as well. But like, this is like, because it's like a kid in an adult body, like rather than it just being like a masked hero where it's like, oh, yep. we have no idea how old this 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 hero is. Mm-hmm. Like that, that aspect of it. It, they're they're leaning it seems like via the trailer they're leaning into that and that's a good thing yeah, like, he's what 10 years old or something yeah, like that you know yeah. 10 11 years old not very old at all uh the other piece of news is yeah. the fan film that's right the uncharted fan film from nathan fillion and uh was it alan unger is the uh director i, I believe? think something like that I, yeah. that, that sounds right uh yeah. I, I don't know specifically i know that he's done like a lot of uh Various like music music videos and stuff like that, like but like highly rated. I could like think he yeah. did, I think he did like one of Taylor Swift's like music videos is what I was reading or, um, but was that was another just kind of out, out of left field thing that happened like and I I uh, heard about it even leading up to it like when Nathan Fillion had even he threw out some teasers on like Friday or something like that yeah like a quote from the movie or it, whatever well, just yeah just saying something that that people could put together and be like okay something with Uncharted and Nathan Fillion and it's happening on Monday and people for just like since the inception of Uncharted have uh, pegged Nathan Fillion to be uh, that character Nathan Drake from Uncharted and wanted right. him to make a movie for it it's never really gotten traction or happened, and it may never even will. There's supposedly... Here's the latest Uncharted movie rumors. Again, this has like been happening over the last like seven years. So it's like this thing is is yep. probably not coming out anytime soon, if ever. And it, uh, the, But the latest one is that it's going to be young Na- Nathan Tom, Drake. Tom Holland. That's it. Tom Holland. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know, though. Which doesn't really even appeal to me like, like, like at all. Uh, I would rather see them even do like an older Nathan Drake with Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Um, anyway, more than that, but the, the fan film was, uh, was crazy good for a, for a fan film in my, in my opinion. It had all the things that you would want. It's like, it's only 15 minutes long. So like, go watch it for sure. Only 15 minutes long. And it feels like a fan film in a way of just like, okay, maybe, um, like in a movie sense and objectively, it may not be the exact best thing in the world, and maybe this wouldn't even be sustainable over a two-hour movie. Maybe. But maybe, maybe it would, because it, it was definitely a fan film. It appealed oh, yeah. to the fans. Well, like every like little pull aspect. back and they, like, to the third-person kind of esque perspective. Exactly. Like the the like, slow-mo punch. It was like definitely the best... Uh, video game like adaption that i had ever seen and, and they've even from like big budget video game adaptions that they've done um that you know a lot of people's complaints is that if anything that they're like too movie like you know they, yeah. they they love the game and so mm-hmm. like they want those fan service uh homages to the game and yeah. this whole thing was crafted exactly for that like you said from the camera angles to the dialogue to the way he was dressed was exactly like his character from uncharted 4 even like the fight moves that he was using in some of like the fight sequences were from the games and like specific fight moves that he moved in the games well Um, dude and like that aspect of like hey going in and pulling out all of the best parts of like oh we gotta include this we gotta include that and packing into this like 15 minute thing makes it really just enjoyable to watch like once the action kind of takes off it's like oh my goodness this is this is what i always would have wanted from 
a fan film about a video game, you know? Exactly. But like I said, they really did nail it on just the feeling and kind of the overarching thing of, of Uncharted in and of itself is that it's a ripoff of Indiana Jones. I mean, just <laughs> like, just, just flat out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it has some subtle differences, but like, that's the style, that's the vibe. But it, the fan film kind of felt like that, you know, it felt yeah. like a scene out of an old Indiana Jones where like, it has some like cheeky comedy, but you buy it. It's just like, yeah. it, it just feels right. Yeah, he's like in joking the about somebody's hair, you with know. With that and... character in that moment and, you know, somehow, you know, you're still rooting for him and that he's going to pull it off and you know he will of course because he's the hero of course well and, then the, uh, i feel like the casting was really good too like i mean like him yeah, and was, sully like I that was whole really shocked to suddenly see uh what's what's his even name steven steven lang yeah uh to yeah. just like pop in there i mean one you have nathan fillion who's yeah. not not a not a just giant star but it's a very well recognized star mm-hmm. doing this fan film just like for whatever reason yeah and then in his it, spare time exactly <laughs> you know like well certainly this is just something that he made in his backyard you know by himself and then you're like and then you have Stephen lang in there yep. and i recognize the girl who was playing uh, uh elena elena yeah uh, I, I don't know her name Lucia Moreau. that was the only part of it that i had a, a, an issue with as far as like pr- from just a portrayal perspective like she seemed a little too confused because like elena yeah like this i think it timeline wise wouldn't it have had like it's ha- would have had to happen it was, af- it at was least after, after the second one. it was after the second one before yeah. the third is, and, is what the director had said about it and so like she's she's done this before <laughs> and so yeah. like whatever she's a little bit confused or like you mm-hmm. know has like a quizzical look it's like well no, you've done this before you know yeah. this is you know that was my only critique literally of the entire thing like mm-hmm. as far as the acting goes or the the direction it's like i wish the director had been like no, no you've done this before you know yeah, but definitely worth checking out. Uh, it's worth 15 minutes of your time. Agreed. You know, you can just go and Google Nathan Philly and Uncharted, and it, it'll come up. It, it has uh, taken off. I don't know how many views it's had. You know, I'm sure, you know, several million. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look. We're going to get a live update. It'll probably be all wrong tomorrow whenever the podcast finally But then posts, also but, that know, stuff just... is incalculable because then another person releases that same video under a different name and a different name, and then oh, all dude. those videos have hundreds of thousands of views. Well, hopefully, you know. like, I made sure I went into, like, the correct one, but, yeah, everybody, like, rips it and that sort of thing. But the original one has had 3.6 million views. Yeah, so which is which is awesome. Good. And uh, if if nothing else, you know, one... It's some great PR for Nathan Fillion, who yeah. is kind of an underrated actor if he's in that right role. And that's the mm-hmm. kind of role that he just does best. You know, he mm-hmm. was great when he did Firefly or In Serenity, um, yeah. where he just plays that kind of character and he just pulls it off uh, in a similar way to uh, like Robert Downey Jr. pulls it off or something like that. But it's Agreed. never really kind of, you know, achieved that kind of uh, fame or recognition that he has. But uh, I would love to see Nathan Fillion out there in some more uh, roles, mixing Dude, it up. You know what I want to see him in? The next Mission Impossible. Ah, man. The next Mission Impossible. Nathan <laughs> Fillion is Tom Cruise's older brother. Oh, who my you gosh. thought was dead the whole time. This, is, this predates the first Mission Impossible. <sighs> back or, in the 90s. Back in the 90s, <laughs> there was a whole story with him and his brother. His brother died. They made <laughs> Six films, and then in the seventh one, you find out that his brother was not only alive, but was the mastermind of all six films. And they and tie them all together. Fillion. Oh man, because he was just had a ma- all the villains. It's, it's just Nathan Fillion as At all the, the villains. Top of it all, just had his the masks on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it actually, they'll do a super clip where they go through every Mission Impossible and replicate a scene. Yep. And then boom, yeah. Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. <laughs> 
He was there all along. That is the news. Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, So we're going to do a spoiler-free side of this. And we'll do a substantial spoiler countdown. And then we'll dive into the spoilers. Because there's a lot of spoilers in this movie. There's a lot of spoilers in here. And uh, even as someone who, like, watched several of the trailers, there was still a lot beyond that. Oh, yeah. but, Which uh, I think they do. They do usually do a pretty good job um, with the Mission Impossible movies, as far as the trailers go. Like even the last one, Ro- was it Rogue Nation? Was the last yeah. one? Um, they like the scene that they showed, like where he's hanging on the outside of the jet or whatever. Like yeah, they, but they, then I love that that was the first part of the movie. Yeah, it literally had almost nothing to do with the yeah. rest of the movie. You know, yeah. it's like you could have like not seen that, and like it would have been fine. So mm-hmm. um, this movie, like going into it. I really didn't know what to expect other than like the just the action packedness of it. Yeah. Um I did watch Rogue Nation again leading up into this mm-hmm. and I'm happy that I did. Yeah, I definitely wish that I would have. Mm-hmm. Uh I just ran out of time to make it happen. I tried to watch some recap stuff to kind of keep up. Um I always do enjoy the Mission Impossible movies, but they're not ones that I've just seen like over and over and over and over yeah. and over again. Uh, and especially as the more recent ones have been. So Rogue Nation I saw one time mm-hmm. and then didn't see it again. And uh, so I think that affected things watching this movie a yeah. little bit. Not really much. I still feel like it's the type of movie that you could not know any of the past. Yeah. And they're still going to keep you up to date with what's going on in the moment. Yep. Maybe you don't know the history of that character but it's totally fine. You can yeah. still follow this guy's the bad guy, these guys are the good guys. They're trying to get this away from him and, you know, for sure. Ensue. And and like I feel like these days that is a genuine question that people have of like do I need to watch this it movie? Cuz like with the Marvel, Marvel movies, live in the age of sequels. You know, I mean, it's sequels impossible. are what sells nowadays yeah. is you know, it's got to be a spin-off or a sequel or tied to a comic book or a book. It's got to mm-hmm. be tied to something and so, yeah, that's a lot of people's questions uh, is, can I even see this? Will it even be enjoyable? And the answer if I've is never yes. Seen it? The answer is yes. Would it be more enjoyable if you knew more? Absolutely. I think that's true for anything that you're into. You know, for if sure. you know more about that thing, if you go to a, a music concert and you know more about music, then it's probably a little bit better for you just because you understand some yeah. things that other people don't. But it doesn't mean that it's not enjoyable for the other person because it is. You yeah. know? And I was even kind of that guinea pig in this scenario in some ways, even though I'm a you know lifelong fan of the Mission Impossible series. Uh, as far as like the exact plot lines of recent events, yeah. uh, I was a little out of the loop. But and it really didn't matter too much in the uh, overall of the movie. And that was the thing like whenever I, I wanted to watch the previous one because like it'd been because it hit Hulu somewhat like a, about a year maybe after it was in theaters, the mm-hmm. last movie, Rogue Nation. And so like it, it's been a long time since I saw that movie. Yeah. And then uh, and then whenever I rewatched it, I was, I was like, oh man, that's a really enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this one, like it's it's interesting we commented kind of after that it's uh the the pacing feels like it's kind of an older school movie where like it it ramps up in tension Mm -hmm. throughout the entire thing so it starts with a reasonable amount of like exposition and like hey we're we're getting things started introducing these characters and they definitely spend the time to to remind you about like the relationships Mm -hmm. that each of these characters have with each other and then just start slowly, like, oh, here's a big action scene, big set piece. Here's a big action scene and a set piece. Oh, here's and it just kind of continuously ramps up until the uh, the big finale, which is 
ridiculously heart pumping. How did you feel about the vibe of this one uh, compared to the vibe of Rogue Nation? I mean, Rogue Nation definitely was more evenly spaced as far as the action right. goes. Um, and this one, I there were times in it where I was like, man, I'm surprised that we're talking this much. Yeah. Um, and it's not like I disliked them. Mm-hmm. That was actually like something that I actually like about this one where it wasn't the traditional um, just roller coaster of a because like jj abrams for instance like because a bad robot they put put this out this is a jj abrams kind of production but like not directed by he directed the third one right yes um and so from that one and then like star trek for instance star trek beyond specifically like that is a ride from like beginning to end you are constantly moving you're constantly thinking you're listening to things you're and stuff's happening all over the place Mm mm-hmm and so it was nice in this movie to sit down and be like, oh, this I'm I'm fully aware of everything that's going on in this movie right now, yeah. not missing anything. So the, I actually really liked the pacing, but it is a little bit slower to get started. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this was this was an interesting uh, uh, milestone in the Mission Impossible franchise because it's the first time that uh, we've had a returning director do the movie. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie directed the last one that's and right. this one. And it was the it's the only time that someone that someone has done two movies in the Mission Impossible franchise. It's awesome. Um, and so I was watching an interview with him, and he was saying specifically, he was like, "I'm well aware of kind of the history of Mission Impossible and how it's been a different director." And so by that, every movie, whereas in the franchise, it's kind of had its own tone and its own feel. And he said he really tried to kind of go the extra mile and give it that, and not feel like just the same director doing the same thing. He wanted it to feel like it was a different director doing it. It was kind of a different side of him. That's awesome. Uh, directing. I thought that was really cool. I, like that. I, I knew that going in, and I felt like that kind of played off on on screen. That it, it was it definitely it was did. different, and I and I liked that a lot. The interesting thing, like that, I love about these movies, and especially the more recent ones. So the last three, yeah, um, that definitely uh, has seemed to be like kind of a resurgence in some ways. Right. Uh, that there was, you know, kind of the first three that were kind of very separate, and then the last three have kind of been a little bit more connected and a little bit more kind of a. Uh, Concise, I, w- I would say. I agree. And a little bit more like modern as far as like, because obviously the, f- the first one, like Chris was mentioning last week, like it was out in like the 90s. 96. So it is full on like a 90s movie. The second yeah. one, a full on John Woo movie. One of the, one yeah. of my favorite actual commentaries that I've watched. So if you have like the second one, yeah. don't watch the regular movie, like watch it with commentary because oh, the commentary awesome. is awesome. I'm a big commentary fan. So I, I mean, I, I want to do that. I truly enjoyed that commentary. <laughs> um, especially like whenever they go into detail about like the, uh, the chariot thing mm-hmm. at the end. <laughs> anyway, it's just awesome. I, I really like the commentary on that one. Gotcha. Um, but anyway, the, uh, but then the third one, you know, obviously like yeah, that one was the one that like really like, took it off and modernized mm-hmm. it a little bit. Um, but then four, five, six have really felt like this is the epitome of all of what came before where it's like, even Definitely. some of the things, and, and things kind of got bigger. I felt like, you yeah. know, it's, you know, kind of bigger stakes, a little bit bigger, bigger franchise. And part of that I think is escalation to keep up with uh, the movies of, that are being released right now. And that's, I that's kind of what the people want. And uh, so that's what they're kind of giving them in the, in their own mission impossible way. <laughs> that makes you sense. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's like, well, with the Marvel movies, like that's one of my one of my biggest critiques is always like that 
it's like, well, it has to be like a world ending thing, exactly, you know, exactly. whereas what? it's always refreshing. Like I thought it was refreshing earlier this year with Ant-Man too, mm-hmm. you know, it's Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's like, okay, that was a very, like almost a very small family oriented story. Mm-hmm. And so this, it's like, it's a big story, but it's about a small group of people who are saving the, the, this big story. So it feels kind of as a good balance. I would feel, yeah. I would say of the overall, like, Oh man, these stakes are high. Mm-hmm. Where, the stakes were high. But the events themselves weren't, I would yeah. say, in this movie. You know, yeah. it's just like the the uh, the ramifications of if they failed, you know, were definitely, you know, yeah. world altering. Yeah. But all of that, not all of that, but a lot of that t- took place in a very kind of small environment and in a small scene. It was it was a lot of just like car, car chases and hand fights and gun battles. As far as like throwbacks to old things, like it was interesting because I, I like watching the old, like the television series from way mm-hmm. back in the day. Like I think it was like 70s or 80s, like yeah. that television series. And there's a lot of throwbacks to like that type of thing in, in this movie and in every movie um, where they have like, you think one thing's going on, something else is happening, or they yeah. like stay something or they have like a, a small period of time in order to do do this thing um it all like feels right like it there all were, feels evenly evenly uh paced and it feels like these throwbacks are are still applicable to today's moviegoer you know yeah there was a lot of misdirection i, yeah. I would say in, in the film but it done it done in a good way yeah uh for the most part because you can definitely kind of overdo that and you know misdirection just for kind of misdirection's sake but all of it felt valid all of it kind of felt like it would make sense with those characters they're all spies they've all got contingency plan on contingency plan and it was just kind of a scene that that's actually true because you know everybody was like oh you're found out and it's like but i have this other thing in my back pocket that you don't know about (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's how like these these movies have always like or the more recent ones have been and i love that aspect of them where it's almost like oh man you know i i may have an idea of how this might end up but like how we get there is literally like the biggest thing like, i'm like i'm still curious still strapped in for how we get there mm-hmm. um it was a gorgeous movie as well like i, I liked yeah. a lot of the shots in it the only critique i would have like film uh from a like a film standpoint is like there were a couple close-up shots that weren't in focus i felt like i was watching like a christopher nolan kind of a film sometimes like because some of christopher nolan's films it's like oh we're focused rather than being focused on someone's face we're like focused on their lapel or focused on like the wall behind them or something and like Mm -hmm. that happens a couple times in this movie um but it wasn't enough to like really throw me for for a loop um but uh but it was a gorgeous movie yeah it definitely was gorgeously shot uh, the just the soundtrack and the sound effects were all just kind of you know on point. You know it was definitely, if you let it, you know a very engaging film. You know Agreed. if you decided to sit down and watch the film, you know it could definitely grab you. You know you could have it playing in the background, you know too in some ways and just see some action going on. Yep. But if you really you know look over sit- every once in a while, yep. Tom Cruise still running. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but in a scenario like this, like tonight, you know, we went to the theater, recliner seats, dark room, and just like, boom, we're watching this movie. I was in for the ride. Dude, me the, too. The whole time. Like, I was in the story. I was in the ride. You know, I was, you know, audibly, you know, kind of gasping and muttering under my breath about things. Like, oh, man, that's bad. You know, that's no good news for that dude. Yep. I, I realized at one point, like, I was holding my breath near, near like, the end of the movie. I was like, why yeah. am I holding my breath? Why? Why? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, it definitely just, like, it, it, it got me as far as just... Just like, uh, just if if nothing else, just like a, a very enjoyable experience in the theater, yeah. time well spent. Side note, 
We experienced something I've never experienced before in the theater. Okay, yeah. We had vibrating seats. Vibrating <laughs> seats. I had no idea whenever I purchased these tickets that like we were going to the the RPX theater or whatever. I'm not sure. Like I think that's like their like brighter screens or like whatever. So it's I like think a, it had something to do with the vibrating seats. Apparently, because well. <laughs> like I guess the movie started like started up and like there was this rise in tension right off the like right right off the bat kind of and like our seats vibrated and I was like wait. Did, did your seat just vibrate, Jared? <laughs> and you were like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're in for this now. Yeah, I had, re- I had read something about uh, this being done in some theaters where yeah, it's like the whole experience, you know, it, it's like if you've ever ridden like a 3D roller coaster, like yeah. it's moving in that kind of a direction to where like, you know, your seat will vibrate in moments, you know, where you would probably be shaking if you were on the scene there. You know, it's yeah. just like if you're in like a plane that's experiencing turbulence, you know, your, your seat's vibrating. And How did you like it? How did you like So I didn't know if I was going to like it. I thought I might hate it. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't hate it. I, I didn't hate it, but I also kind of forgot about it, you know, to an extent, <laughs> yeah. but which again, yeah. I think is also part of, like I'm saying, just kind of, I was in for the ride of the experience. Like, I think if I was not enjoying mm. the movie as much, mm. maybe it would have annoyed mm. me more. Yeah. Cause um, like, it's not like you can not feel your seat vibrate, yeah, you know, exactly. like, you but since I was out. engaged into the movie, it's just like it it pulled me there with it where it was just like, yeah, I yeah. was vibrating and shaking and my heart was pumping. And just like, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't like, it wasn't drastic. Like that's no. the thing is like, and uh, it's just like, it, it's something that I, I don't think it was, I could never do it again yeah. and it would be fine, be fine. as well. Yeah. Um, like I didn't think it, it added an extreme amount to it. But I didn't feel like it took away either. But like an inter- than, interesting concept. I like it better than 3D. <laughs> if, if my choices are that in 3D, it's going to be vibrating seats every time. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing. It was, like, it was either on or off. Like, I don't know that it slowly ramped up ever. It was just like, oh, there's this like subtle thing whenever like, yeah. you know, a big boom would happen or like whatever. It's, it's, uh, that technology is fascinating to me, though. Yeah, I, like that, I, I, exactly. I think it's just that. I think it's the early stages of of some more stuff that you'll see, uh, especially in an age where I feel like movie theaters are just trying to do so much more to get you to go to the theater. Like yeah. people just want to watch stuff at home and they have access to it, and it, it not as many people are going to the theater, spending the ticket price, mm-hmm. and so you're seeing recliner seats, you're seeing nicer theaters, you're seeing newer stuff, you're seeing better sound systems, better food. And, uh, you know, now vibrating seats, you know, all to try to you know, <laughs> enhance your experience in any way to make it different. Yeah. You know, what do they have to offer me more than watching it at home? You know, why is it better? My couch doesn't to, vibrate. To... My couch doesn't move exactly. whenever the explosions go <laughs> off. You know, exactly. I could maybe like, you know, have somebody stand there, like ha- have Chris over or something like that. Did you yeah. just kick the couch every he's, time he's something your, happens? He's your shake guy. Just, <laughs> just like nudge the couch every once in a while, you know? Uh, Chris isn't even there to watch the movie. He has to have already... <laughs> seen the movie and his sole job he took notes during the movie of the good shake spots and uh he's just ready and just like basically reading like music you know the yeah. whole time and yeah just he's just like watching his watch you know he's got a timed out to the second yeah, exactly <laughs> i love it um so uh see it don't see it I would say see it. Absolutely. Uh, if you're an action fan, if you're mm-hmm. a fan of the Mission Impossible franchise, oh, for sure. uh, even if you're just a fan of just kind of a spy, you know, stuff, I, I think this had a good amount of that in it. Agreed. Absolutely. So I would say see it. And yeah. the, the, in the cast, I feel like the ca- cast is oh, very dude, good. Yeah. I mean, Tom Cruise, 
good as ever. And then I felt like Henry Cavill was a great, great addition to the movie. Agreed. Um, I mean, Jeremy Renner was really good when they put him in Ghost Protocol and Rogue Nation. And yeah. I felt like, to me, Henry Cavill was even better than that in my mind. Agreed. I uh, He fit incredibly yeah, well with, exactly. with everybody he just, there. He just fit right into the universe and you you, you believed it. It was great. The uh, the other thing I'll say, all the returning cast and things like that, that was that was awesome as well. Like everybody who who has been in other previous movies, like it's it's uh, yeah. like like the, essentially everybody from the last movie, um, Ghost Pro- or was that Ghost no Ghost Protocol? Uh, Rogue Nation. Rogue Nation. Sorry, I get all the you know, the titles confused. Yeah, Rogue it, Nation it just, returned, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. It was very attached to Rogue Nation in, in a lot of ways, um, and and very unattached in a lot of ways. But definitely in, in returning cast members, and uh, even even kind of the the same villain, you know, in yeah, in some extent, yeah. Uh, yeah. which was cool. Yeah, and I think all, all that, none of that's spoilery because it's all known in the trailers is what I yeah. would say. So, yeah. um, so we are going to spoil this thing, though. So okay. if you haven't seen Mission Impossible Fallout, you better turn this off because we're going to spoil it in five, four, four three, three, two, two one. one. Throw out a spoiler! Luther gets shot. <gasps> it's wild, man. Which is a false spoiler dude because he's all right i know see like and that's the thing i love about the, these which like, got me it, it got, got me it, too it got me in the moment i was genuinely like yeah that makes sense they brought they probably killed him off they're doing it they're 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 ballsy they're yeah, going they're, for just a, a main character death well, right and, off the bat and it's no less that tom cruise shoots him and you think yeah. that tom cruise that uh ethan hunt shoots him to save the mission yeah at the time and it really ended up being the opposite and he kind of messes up the mission in order to save save luther's life uh which is interesting i uh i would have been so sad if luther had like that because that was fairly early in the movie and i was just like uh-huh. we just like don't have luther now like luther's what? an original too what? I, mean, I know he, he's a guy that's been in every single one right yeah yeah, yeah. and that's why like it's it's even so... simon Pegg, who people you know may feel like he's been around he came in in the third one yeah. you know you know yeah. one and two where he was not involved and uh, so you know luther's been around he has i mean like that's the thing about like this movie is that whenever luther and like these other returning cast members like get together like the dynamics are awesome Mm -hmm. and then luther like even like he goes through this whole like thing where he explains uh ethan's relationship with his with his uh ex-wife yeah and like it is the like in the moment, I was so there, man. I'm yeah. like, it's like one of the most heart heartfelt, heart wrenching. Uh-huh. Like, this is my friend, you know. And it's like, man, this is. It was such great performances from everybody who was there. Like, yeah. it's like, man, we nailed nailed this cast, you know. Yeah. So let's let's break this down. So so we so we started um, uh, with Tom Cruise dreaming, right? That, that's how the movie yeah o- opened up. Where uh, in in this movie, I definitely felt like, uh, regardless of Tom. Tom Cruise, the actor who is immortal, um, Ethan Hunt, I felt like in this movie was kind of the old dog yeah. in, so, in a lot of ways. And I felt like they wanted to play it that way, you know, that he is, you know, one been around and has the experience and has been doing this for so long and, you know, saving the world from these, you know, uh, this thankless task, you know, for years and years and years and sacrificing his, literally his life yeah, uh, for the betterment of the world for years and years and years. And it's come with baggage. And, and, and he's kind and of... Enemies and enemies, too. Like, I mean, that's the other... Like, we have so enemies. many ghosts and enemies. And, yeah. like, it's like, holy and cow. He, and you definitely saw a man in the beginning and throughout the whole movie who was kind of plagued by that stuff. And, you know, was kind of, you know, maybe not having second guesses, but uh, just experiencing some fatigue 
from it and uh just that this is this is hard this is a hard life this is hard physically it's hard emotionally and uh is it is it really worth everything that i'm doing and uh that that was that was a cool way to open it i felt like uh whereas normally uh in a lot of especially the recent mission impossible it's just been like action right yep. out the gate yeah whereas this one was just kind of this slow dream sequence and then he's just kind of out somewhere when he gets his mission and it just kind of slowly ramps up from there. Right. And that's the thing. Like, even when we were getting our mission, like, there was a lot of, like, talking. There was a exactly. lot of, lot of that's like, what I was saying. Where, exposition. Where, yeah, like, where you don't really need to see anything else before this. Because they're going to explain it. As long as you're mm-hmm. watching the movie and paying attention, like, they're they're explaining it. And uh, and you do need to pay attention. If, oh, if, yeah. if you want to truly follow... You could just loosely follow the movie, mm-hmm. like I said. You know, Have bad, a good time, you know? Bad guys, good guys. They try to get that. They're you know, doing, the stuff, doing stuff along the way. But they definitely explain everything that's going on. And yeah. if you're listening and can comprehend it, uh, you'll you'll know, and it's and it's really fun that th- way. That goes along with kind of the old school way of uh, of telling the story, where like a lot of times, whenever you have you're telling a story at such a clip, such a pace mm-hmm. that um, you know you can miss things or have like holes where it's like, oh, we didn't explain that. I don't understand how. Why didn't they make this? Or why didn't they call the CIA? Yeah. You know. But literally, like in this movie, they try to, and in this franchise, they try to in every way cover all those bases. Where I think in every single movie, <laughs> the uh, uh, Simon Pegg suggests calling the the CIA, and every yeah. single time somebody no. explains to him why we can't call the CIA. <laughs> yeah. So what's so what's the the main plot of this the 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 bad guy that he was facing in Rogue One this uh, mm-hmm. S- Scott Lang Rogue Nation Rogue Nation not Rogue One Sorry. different different universe we Star, could they could Star, be in the same universe Star Wars on the brain there'll be a crossover at some point <laughs> um, but uh, Scott Lang who created this terrorist organization called the Syndicate Yep uh, has been kind of bouncing around uh, in captivity, but kind of seeming like still pulling strings. Yeah, I mean, seemingly uh, seemingly, he still like knows what's going on in this whole thing, yeah, like exactly. connected somehow. Uh, and the big plot line of this movie is they're trying to get plutonium to make uh, nuclear bombs because mm-hmm. this torga- uh, terrorist organization is one of those all kind of, you know, the world needs to burn before we can uh, make it a better place. So, well, you know, they think they're kind of being just and that, yeah. you know, the world needs to be purged. And so they're going to blow up some cities. with. We'll call them the bane of, the bane, uh, yeah. of this universe. Ex- you know? <laughs> exactly. You know, but in, instead of just well, Gotham City. That sounds like truth. Yeah, instead of just Gotham City, we're going for holy cities and anything that can really just mess mess the world up. The Bane voice is fun. The Bane voice <laughs> is very fun. It's, it's interesting. It's so bad, but it's so good at the same time. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> that. Like it's, you know, there's hardly anybody who would just be like, yeah, that like Tom Hardy's Bane, like just nailed it. It's the best thing I've ever seen. Like it just top teeth Ledger's, Ledger's Joker in every way. Like nobody's saying that. But at the same time, like everybody can quote it, everybody knows it. It's just as iconic. It's just as iconic in some ways, you know. It's kind of, kind of like at least in the goofy portrayal, it, you know. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so this is the uh, the organization. Yeah, it's like they're, they're anarchists, so they're like, hey, we need to basically 
destroy starve i think was what the end game was was starve a third of the world which is like that that took so many twists to figure out what that was all about yeah. like to figure out what their end game was because at first it was like oh no we just want to get lang out of prison yeah. and then it was like oh now we have our end game because of uh of henry cavill and his backstabbing ways yeah yeah exactly so so ethan hunt's character the whole time is just his main goal through the whole movie is just trying to get the plutonium yeah. so they can't use it for the nuclear bombs. But he's early on paired with uh, Henry Cavill's character, who is kind of basically the opposite version of Ethan Hunt for the CIA organization. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a part that I really liked when uh, Alan... Uh, why, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Alan Hundley. Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin, but his character name is Alan Hundley. Gotcha. Alan Boom. Hundley uh, is talking to the CIA head honcho, yep. and they're having their meeting, and in the background of each of those head honchos, you see Ethan Hunt behind Alec Baldwin and Henry Cavill yep. behind uh, the CIA head operative. And they're both kind of out of focus yep. the whole time. But it just every time you flash backward, because they're talking about, you know, well, my guy does this and my guy does that and my dad could beat up your dad. The awesome and, thing about that meeting, like, like I loved that there was a moment where it basically just ended. Like, it wasn't like one person won. It nope. was just like Angela Bassett and Everybody, Alec Baldwin just walked off. Yep, like, and then, and then their... Ethan Hunt and uh, Henry Cavill just jumped on this plane. You know, it's like, literally, it's just like we came to... This is what it has to be. He has to go if you're going to go at all. And then Alec Baldwin just turns around and walks off. And well, Angela Bassett turns around and walks off. It's business. Yeah. You know, it's people that they're not there getting together because they're having a good time or they're old friends or whatever. Yep. It's just like, I've got a bigger thing going on. You've got a bigger thing going on. we got to meet here. We're going to say our piece. For sure. Okay. You know, we, we are, you know, they realize that when the situation can't be changed and they can't negotiate any further... Then there's no point talking anymore. We're right. Out. And I love like that there's these small little moments like that. They're like, hey, this is plot based. This is all unnecessary. But it like shows this level of like their character where mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, we're just nah, we're good. We're done. You know, it's yeah. like it's just this small little character moment within the action, and it's so tightly done that mm -hmm. it's nice. I did think that Angela Bassett was a good addition to the cast, and I guess she's taking over the role of the direct like the uh what is it? The the secretary. That's yeah, what definitely. It is. Big, bigger spoiler alert than Luther even getting shot is uh, Alec Baldwin's character does get stabbed and fully dead. And dies. Uh, yeah, full on dead. I, he came in at the end of Ghost Protocol, didn't he? I mean, he or was, was he? He was in at the beginning, like at the very beginning, and then he was assigned as the. Like, That's right. The uh, like they basically. Yeah, but they, but he's been around, around through the, the, movie. the last three movies. Yeah, and uh, they they took took him out, and so yeah, it could be this uh, Angela Bassett's character taking over yeah. the IMF. Or Erica could, Sloan is or her name. I'm it, looking. Uh, it also leaves the door open to where they could ride it another way. You know, they sure. could they could take IMF to wherever they want to. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll eventually see Mission Impossible Seven. I think they'll keep doing doing another one. I mean, um, there's still more action. There's still more places that Tom Cruise has not run. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which, speaking of the action, I mean, holy cow. The action <laughs> was phenomenal in this movie. Stunning at times. Where you're just like, this is, holy cow. To me, I would really even say there were only maybe one or two parts that I thought were a little too over the top or maybe not done. What were those? Well, the, it, would, it would be... Uh, they were both had to do with the helicopter chase. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought I thought they might. <laughs> yeah. 
which again, and I think that's the biggest appeal uh, to like the Mission Impossible franchise to me is that they do actually do like almost all of this stuff. So yep. like you can't, for most of it, can't be like, well, that's not believable. It's like, right. well, believer, they did it. So they like, what do you want to say? Sure, there was like a string attached, but it's like, he really ran down that building. Like, yeah. he really, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. and that's, yeah. I mean, like there's, there, the, the physical nature of a lot of these stunts, it's mm-hmm. just like, it, it, it has to be done that way. And it's like, this is a, rather in the world that we live in today, like there's, there's a place for like CG action. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I love those movies. I, those movies that are CG action, like where it's like everybody's is CG. Those are awesome. They have their place, but there's also this niche that this is in where it shows people, this is what like physical action can be. Well, I'm pulling it off. You know I mean? Like imagine the mission impossible franchise in contrast with like the fast and furious franchise eh. or something like that, you know, similar in a lot of ways, especially to what they've both escalated to. Yeah. But especially in maybe a matter of opinion, but in my opinion, I mean, mission impossible is just smoking fast and furious <laughs> as far as just like really engaging the audience and really making it seem uh, believable and tangible and really putting you there in the moment. Whereas Fast yeah. and Furious, like you just go knowing in that it's gonna be absolutely insane and over the top, and like there, it's still gonna involve cars in some way, but in ways that shouldn't involve cars, like at all. <laughs> like so I often say, I say Fast and Furious, it's 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 escalated to where it is just Mission Impossible with cars. Yeah, you know, I mean, it used to be about racing cars, and then now it's always about you know one last job. You know, <laughs> we gotta steal something, you know, or whatever. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. But the, the uh, Mission Impossible franchise, and even more so in this movie, was just like I said, I bought it. You know, mm-hmm. all all of it just felt so real. From like the the bathroom fight scene, Dude. which was awesome, <laughs> and I loved how there was a uh, not much of a score. In that scene at all, it was just right. kind of let the action speak for itself. It's fascinating. Like it, I, I love action scenes, especially like physical action scenes. They yeah. tell a story within their like s- the scene, like within itself. Like s- thinking of, uh, so for example, to contrast two different things in a different franchise, Star Wars, where you have yeah. like in in the Last Jedi, you have the throne room scene, mm-hmm. right with uh, with Rey and Kylo. Yeah, it's like it's a great action scene. But it really doesn't tell a story within that action scene. Whereas, like Duel of the Fates from Episode yeah. One, it's right. like you have this entire like story that goes throughout it. And I feel like this scene was similar, where it's like yeah. you have this like this like oh, do the, does he know that we're here to to, to get him? Mm-hmm. And it's like oh, he knows, you know. And then it's like okay, well now we have to get him in this thing. And then the, they fight their way to uh, to an impasse. And it's like. But wait, we're not really at an impasse, and and so there's yeah. like there's like interludes, there's like a, a pacing, there's a a uh, an ebb and a flow to the action because yep. those dudes coming in like pound on the door for a little bit there. Yep, and not afraid to take a wide angle lens and just like let you see that they've actually you know practiced this stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, of course it's choreographed moves. Yeah, but um, but. It's not like they're doing them one frame at a time and then yelling mm-hmm. cut like they're doing these, you know, 30 second a minute, you know, long, you know, sequences and pieces um, that are, you know, really, really awesome. Also, they destroyed the room. Destroyed it. Like, so. I mean, they threw a guy through a mirror. They smashed through a wall. They pulled pipes out of the wall. The, I mean, the, it was. The stall basically got all but like destroyed, like yeah. the door and everything. I mean, and like, so in that instance, you can't. 
you can't do this in too many takes. Like you can't go back and be like, let's mm-hmm. put the bathroom back together because yeah. we destroyed it. You yeah. know, no, exactly. Let's put the glass exactly how it was a few minutes ago. You know, or whatever. Yeah. It's 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 uh it's a it's a fairly impressive feat to destroy that room over mm-hmm. the course of these like small little moments and uh, and like it's totally believable. Mm-hmm. The other thing about like a lot of the action with even the big set piece kind of action where we have like. Um, even Tom Cruise in like the helicopter or whatever. Like, yeah. It's, it's believable also because it's Tom Cruise. Like you, it's, Ooh. it's not a stunt double. Yeah. It's him. And yeah. so like, you know, in, in these movies, he's, that's, that's part of it. He's flying the helicopter. Yeah. hundred percent. Tom Cruise is flying a helicopter filming <laughs> this movie. We joked around, uh, before we saw this movie via text about like, Oh, well, you know, it's just like Tom Cruise just says, so this movie, I want to do this. Like last time I was, oh, so this movie, I want to be on the outside of a plane. I feel like this one was, so this movie, I want to fly a helicopter. But it it, <laughs> it literally is that. Like he's a producer of the films yeah. now. You know, he's not just getting signed on as an actor for the, like, like yeah. he, he's, you know, running the franchise in a lot of ways. And uh, Tom Cruise is, is, if nothing else, is just a dedicated film star and a dedicated oh, yeah. actor and just genuinely wants to push the limits and and will bend over backwards to entertain you as an audience member. And so that's definitely where it started is he's thinking, how can I just really blow the audience's mind? And I think it does start with kind of maybe like three or four like action stunts that he wants to do. And, you know, or he probably kind of has several that, you know, that he's maybe wanted to do for like years. And as they're writing the story, he kind of figures out where he can put in these things that he's wanted to do. And has been doing it movie after movie and still keeping it fresh and uh, doing new things, which is uh, really cool. The, the car chases in this one were like, they were better than the other, like the car chases that we've had in the past. They were, they just, like I said, uh, engaging is just the term where like, I just, even though, you know, you know that Ethan Hunt's not going to die, you know, the yeah. good guys are probably going to prevail. Yeah. But like you said, I'm still holding my breath when yeah. he's flying through the town on a motorcycle, like his legs oh, hanging man. off in the turns, and then he's getting cut off at every corner. He's yeah. like flying through traffic. That's yeah, because we had the motorcycle thing, and then we had the car thing. Like, yeah. I mean, like there's oh, no, so I many mean, layers of oh, all of this. Oh, there was easily like ten minutes of screen time that was just car car chasing alone, and and it felt. So just the way it was shot, you know, yep. just felt so vibrant and real and like to where you were genuinely on the edge of your seat, just like, oh, man, that's close. Yeah. And like the thing that I always compare car chases to is the Bourne ultimatum. Yeah. And Absolutely. it's like, I feel like this was close. That kind of that kind of set the standard in a lot of ways because there were some great car chases uh, in those movies. And Dude. I felt like these are right there with it, they if not better feel, in a lot of ways. They feel like they're they're right there. Like they're different because the the... The angle choices are a lot the different. They're not and just, and just like the handheld a lot car. of times. You know, these are a little more, uh, I would say, action-based car mm-hmm. chases. Yeah. Where in the Bourne franchise, a lot of times they are they're just car chases. Like people aren't shooting people or whatever. It's right. literally just like Jason Bourne, and then there's cops behind him, and they're in like crappy cars, and they're <laughs> yeah. just like wailing around town. <laughs> yeah, like whipping through traffic and stuff. And it's like so. As far as like from a pacing perspective, I feel like this one was right there with it. But yeah, it doesn't have that visceral kind of handheld kind of look either. It's very yeah. smooth camera angles, camera shots um, as compared to like the Bourne movies. But mm-hmm. I do think like I'll have to live with it for a while. But this one, it comes close. It yeah. comes very close. Um, fun fact about him doing his own stunts in this entire franchise in the uh, 
Mission Impossible 2 right. in some of the special features and the commentary of, you know, with, mm-hmm. with John Woo or whatever. There's a moment where, like, the, the bad guy, like, stabs the knife yeah. at, right at it's like his right eye. above his eyeball. And John Woo was like, so I, the only way I can figure that we can get this shot is to actually do it. Yeah. And Tom Cruise goes, let's do it then. And he's like, well, how are we going to do this? And so what they did was they had their, like, uh, their set riggers. like They welded together all these uh, mm-hmm. metal pipes to create a giant frame. And they had a rope on the end of the knife. And so whenever they stab this thing down there, it's actually a real knife. And it's actually yep. Tom Cruise's eye. And right before they did it, John, John Woo mentions, he's like, yeah. He's like, right before we did it, right before I said action, I had the thought, what if the th- string breaks? Oh, yeah. And I just killed Tom Cruise. And it's... <laughs> it's... I'm not even lying or exaggerating <laughs> when I say it is genuinely shocking to me that nothing has happened. In, yeah. in six movies... He got hypothermia from being on the outside of that plane. Okay, you know, <laughs> that's the worst that happened. You know, you're doing all right. Because... Yeah. I, you, it's a feeling more than anything else. Like you just know that it's that it's real, or that it is happening that way, or that they are that dedicated to mm-hmm. it, as opposed to a movie where it is more superficial or a little, maybe a little bit more safe or something like that. Yeah, you just feel it in the tension of the movie mm-hmm. uh, that that blade really is right there by his eyeball, about to go through his head, or that. He really could have biffed it if he missed that rock climb jump. That's right. Or that that did probably hurt falling off that motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Or that they even have the shot in this movie that Tom Cruise broke his ankle on. Uh, that was when he was jumping across uh, the roof when he was chasing Henry Cavill. Oh, uh, that's really? This, yeah, that's the oh. that was the shot when he got up off of that wall. Mm-hmm. He had a broken ankle because he finished the shot. After he broke his ankle. Because he hopped. Like that's whenever he kind of like hops. Where he was hobbling. Yep. That's exactly <laughs> oh, when. Man, because bro. he's he said, he's like, as soon as I landed, I knew my ankle was broken. Like hundred percent done. But he's like, I instantly thought, okay, already boom, I gotta go get rehab. I gotta like there's gonna be a whole thing around this angle. But when that's done, I don't wanna have to do this shot again. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna walk out of frame. <laughs> And that's exactly what you see that shot where he jumps across. And what happened was he just basically put his foot out. uh, And that's the first thing that touched the wall. Ouch. So then all of his weight just went to that tip of his foot and it just bent it back and just Mm -hmm. snapped his ankle. Ouch. And then he's just hanging on the side of the building. And then sure enough, he crawls up on top of the building. And then you kind of see him hobble past frame. But that shot was the shot that he broke his ankle on. And, and all the cast, you know, in the interview, you know, they're like, oh, that's so Tom. He's like, that's just so Tom. You know, of course, he'd finish the shot after he broke his ankle because he's Tom Cruise. Right. And, you know, that's just what he does. Okay, we know, Tom. We know you're a great movie star. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, that scene, too, Like, because we have, we have the car chase. We have the chase where he's running across the rooftop. Yeah. And, like, and they, they insert the humor. Obviously, the Simon Pegg character is there, like, for, for the humor. And it's, like, it's perfect, perfectly timed for that. It's not too much. Most of it, yeah. I, I would say most of the... And, and me as a big critique of humor in most films, I would say most of the humor in this film lands for yeah. me because to me it's all about the situation. It's all about if that character is being true to the actual situation that goes on. And so in my mind, that's like, hey, when things are like 
actually going down, like that's when it needs to be serious, no mm-hmm. matter what. Yeah. Because like when the nuclear bomb is about to go off, like I don't care how much of a funny guy you normally are, like you're like if you're genuinely thinking my life's about to end, mm-hmm. like the jokes are down, you know. And, and for the most part, that was the case. Yeah. Um. In the in this film. Um. Yeah. Even in like the opening scene where Simon Pegg's character is, you know, kind of doing some bits about. He's in the field with Tom Cruise, but he's kind of freaking out. He's being nervous. But it kind of makes sense because, like, I'd be freaking out, too, you know? That's how, <laughs> and that's how, like, a lot of people deal with, like, very yeah. stressful situations is, like, they'll just, like, yep. be kind of jokey and yep. be but like, then as oh, soon as the bad guy showed up, it was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. And, <laughs> and that's the thing, like, I, I like the character humor. And it's like, mm-hmm. because his character is, like, kind of that, a character that is funny, yeah. it's like, it, it, it feels right. Whereas yeah. it's, you don't have um, Ethan Hunt, like, cracking jokes you left You definitely don't right, get a whole lot know? of jokes from Ethan Hunt in the whole franchise, yeah. you know, in, in general. You know, maybe occasionally or, or you know, just that hero, hero you know, one-liner type thing, yep. maybe... But for the most part, like, like we got uh, you, bad, bad person. Like, yeah, and it's kind yeah, of funny yeah. at the same time. You yeah. know, like, it's that kind of a line. Exactly. But for the most part, you know, Ethan Hunt's pretty just like a down to business thing, which makes sense because he's the guy. He's the yeah. guy that is the super agent and that he's doing it. Well, and then, like, so in this franchise, the whole idea of like his, uh, Ethan Hunt's kind of superpower, quote unquote, if you will, is not just like the physicality of it, it's, it's being able to outthink all of these other scenarios yeah. oh, and exactly. be able to. And so, like, that whole whole thing plays into like his character not being super funny either. Cause he's constantly just like mm-hmm. thinking, you know, running the scenarios and, and rocking that. So, and you can kind of see those wheels turning a lot. And I, I like, I like that aspect of it too. Um, where like people will be talking all around him or they will be like brainstorming things. And he's just kind of like staring into the distance thinking like, Oh, what are we going to do next? How, what, how is this all going to play out? So yeah. the, uh, I mean, I I really enjoyed this movie, man. I, that's about all I have to say about it. Is like the action is phenomenal. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed all the twists, even the ones you see coming. Like Henry Cavill, like we they hinted and like that if you were paying attention, end up being a bad guy. You yeah, know. really but, early. Yeah, but even then, within that, there were still twists that I didn't uh, expect. Yeah, you know, even when I knew that he was going to be the bad guy, I didn't necessarily think off the bat that he was going to be the John Lark character, who yeah. was kind of the other unknown. Uh, villain you know they just right. knew a name but they didn't know who this guy was well and then and, like uh, with with like and then they had like the whole angela bassett like being you know oh well we have her there but then we twisted and it's like oh well she's gonna arrest all of them at that exactly. point like, but then i would guess and at least g- give me your opinion but then my interpretation of that scene is that even within that crew there were people yep. that were more specifically working for henry cavill's character exactly right? and so like that aspect like the, i never that would have I thought that exactly so like there were there were tons of twists like that to where it's like we have you surrounded and then you know it's like oh okay we're surrounded but then half those guys that are surrounding us also work for me so then they wax those guys and then they're back to being in control there was a lot of like yep. a power play a lot of shifting of hands of who's the one kind of in charge and in control yeah uh and it definitely was kind of uh, a, a lot of spies battling each other uh, which was very interesting. I also thought that Julia, um, Ethan Hunt's uh, ex-wife or whatever, showing up at the end, like cool. that was, there was some like, there's some pretty powerful scenes in this. That yeah. was one where like, he's having a conversation with her and her, her husband. And like, there's all of like the subtext that's there, like where it's yeah. dripping with, where he says, no, I'm here for work. And you can yeah. see just the dread on her face yes. of realization. Yes. 
And exactly. It's those small moments like that that I'm like, whoa, I mean, this is amazing. Also, another one was like him and the police officer whenever they're tucking the yeah. uh, the the dude into the the car, and she catches them and pulls her gun on them. He's like, no, don't, you know, just just walk away, mm-hmm. just leave. And then the other dudes come up and 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 mm-hmm. surprise her, shoot her, and then he wipes them all out. And like that, yep. like kind of standoff moment, almost like a Western style yeah. thing where like he just gets upset and, and, and wipes them of all genuine out. tension uh, and a genuine of just like uh, what is going to happen right now? Who is going to pull the trigger? Like, I mean, yeah, whereas like maybe some of the larger plot points you may have been able to figure out in this movie, but I felt like scene to scene mm-hmm. definitely kept you guessing for sure uh, a lot more as far as what was going to happen. And then, yeah, you definitely tied in a lot of just, like, really real moments, uh, like you were saying, like, with, like, Luther talking about the uh, ex-wife. And then when she actually does show up, you know, (laughs) just her little bit of, you know, screen time, you know, did great and had really great acting with that and uh, carried a lot of weight and really kind of upped the stakes, you felt like, for uh, the uh, finale scene in a lot of ways it tied together some of the 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 various at, like movies that are in yeah. this franchise oh, like I've, where she you know ties into to uh, the third movie she in the was franchise, in the third so. one and then i think you saw at the fourth. end of the fourth one yeah. he was still keeping and i like that she's kind of been this small thread for sure that's kind of kept going because it does add weight and it pulls like these things together these worlds together and it's yep. like oh the the spy world that he's currently in actually still like does pretty well with the previous world that he was mm-hmm. you know was in and so like that that connection really helps a lot and it raises the stakes there for the finale too where everybody waits until literally the last second um yeah, I mean that's like such yeah. such a mission impossible thing to have like the counting timer at the end you Absolutely. know Absolutely. You know there there there's definitely uh plenty of moments that are very, you know, kind of movie magic uh, yeah. moments to where it's yeah. just like the right thing happens at the right time. And, uh, you know, the, the person to, you know, save you shows up right as the conveniently the other person was just getting ready to kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of that. But uh, again, and we were kind of commenting on this in the theater was uh, in a certain element, you know, you kind of buy it because you're already just sold on the experience of the movie and you're yeah. sold on the ride and you could kind of buck ahead if you want if you wanted to. Yeah, and but like, also, well, of course, you but know. But if you also just kind of just just give into it and let the movie be the movie, you know, you you will not have much of an issue with it at all. My yeah. my couple of nitpicks, you know, uh, w- would be uh, so when they're flying uh, the helicopters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't, I thought it was straight, you know, Henry Cavill is, you know, uh, behind in a second helicopter behind Ethan Hunt Mm -hmm. and he's got this like Gatling gun cannon that he's holding like firing on Ethan Hunt, not falling out of the helicopter. Yeah. Not, not buckled in in any way. I thought the same not thing. Not even really holding on, seems like. And they're in like an extreme helicopter but chase. But the force of the bullets and, like, are, are keeping clearly, him in the, in exactly, the helicopter. It's gotta be. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm like, and they even showed some scenes later of him like then holding on and like having trouble like yeah. not falling out. Like the zero like, G moments. Exactly. I was like, where was this earlier when you were just like raining ammo down on somebody? Yeah. Uh, so that was a little <laughs> bit just like, huh, okay, you know, we've gone, gone a little far here. And then, and then kind of the moment following that was like the helicopter crash itself was like a little bit just like... I thought the CG didn't look too great there. Didn't look too great and just like... One of the rare CG moments in that movie, you know? Well, and a lot of times, and with a lot of movies, I feel like it's a near miss. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I, you know, 
I think that's what makes me more upset about them is because, and it's easy for me to, you know, play, you know, side seat director. Um, but uh, that <laughs> that's there what would, we're could, here for, man. That that's there literally been what a podcast another is. way that you could have done it that would have been similar, but mm-hmm. that would have still made more sense and been a little bit more believable than just two helicopters crashing directly into each other and then crashing down on a mountainside. And then both guys get out with like not much more than a limp. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, ah, okay. You know, and then, and that's even after they like fell down like a hole within the mountain and it, it just got really, really crazy. But then, again, like, after they got out of the helicopters again, then I felt like it kind of got back yep. to being a little, you know, it kind of ended on that good moment of kind of, like, believable Agreed. tension, where then it was just two guys on a mountainside kind of duking it out, trying to get to this detonator for the nuclear bombs to deactivate it at the last second. And, uh, you know, that moment, you know, ended on a, on a good note for me. I agree. I mean, like, and that, that those are, I echo all of all of yeah. those things. Um the uh the the ending being like down to that last second is so like we knew that was going to happen because mm-hmm. they're like oh and then you know you mean we have to start the timer before we can defuse the bombs and i'm yeah. just like okay we're getting to the last second on this to find out um something else that like threw me for a loop that i forgot about until just now right off the bat you have the news thing like whenever they lose the bombs or whatever the right. next thing is like Three nuclear explosions have gone off. Really threw me for a loop, you know, because uh, I genuinely thought that it was me too. That. And, you know, we're kind of jump, jumping back to the beginning of the story, but yeah, I genuinely thought, okay, we just saw Ethan Hunt fully fail a mission, yeah, and experience the catastrophe after that of three nuclear bombs going off because yeah. of what he did. Yeah, and uh, and that ended up just kind of being again like this this misdirection just mm-hmm. to get the the codes to actually defuse those nuclear bombs. Yep, um, which was interesting. But so we only kind of got it in half because we did see Ethan fail, you mm-hmm. know, a mission. You know, oh yeah, uh, because he decided to save Luther's life, and then yep. the bad guys did get away with the the pluton- the plutonium. Yeah, and that's kind of what essentially starts this whole movie is Mm -hmm. is because they do have that and they have that because ethan hunt decided to save a person rather than uh you know complete the mission as prescribed well and that's the thing like later on in the movie like whenever um uh, alec baldwin's character dies Mm -hmm. like whenever that happens and like ethan like stands there and he's you know he says I'm sorry, you know, it's because it's like, you know how much that means because of this earlier scene where he like chose to risk the lives of millions of people for one person. And then Mm -hmm. whenever he loses one person, it's, you know, it's that heavy. It's that, Uh that meaning. And that's why like later on where he's gripping the things of, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the stick of the helicopter and he's like, I won't, I won't let you guys down. I got this. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to, you know, you know how much he means that because he has lost and he doesn't want to lose this again. So, yeah. um, it's, I think they did a really good job of, of creating those emotional stakes for all of the characters involved here. Too, yeah. So, which is hard to do, like, especially in this franchise that is so well known just as being this big action set piece franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, in a lot of ways, I felt like this was, you know, kind of the best acted, uh, uh, Ethan Hunt that that we'd seen and be, and best acted that I'd seen Tom Cruise do yeah. uh, in some of these films because I felt like there you did feel a lot of uh, depth and struggle within his mm-hmm. character. This film it wasn't just that normal uh, effortless 
Ethan Hunt that you always see, you know, it was a guy that's just like, man, just like yeah. kind of sick of this and like the the stakes are high and it's both decisions. It's the lesser of two evils decisions yeah. like all the time where yeah. like, you know, no matter what decision you make, you failed in some way, whether you mm-hmm. failed just one person or a million people, but the one person meant more to you or but then obviously a million people mean more. It's just nothing is a good choice, but you have to choose one of them. Or if you don't choose any of them, maybe both of them die or one is chosen for you. And I felt like you, I felt that a lot more than any of the other films this time, how that was so much of a struggle for him. And and it is, I mean, that's, that's the reality situation is to, if that was even a real thing, which I'm sure it is to some extent, you know, in, in the world, um, that's a hard life. That's a yeah. hard life to to be that guy that's supposed to be fixing all the problems that nobody even knows about. Agreed. I think like wrapping this back around to what we talked about way before, like in the spoiler se- section before before the spoiler section, the pacing like yeah. allowed that performance, allowed yeah. those like moments of of breathing and, and like whenever he's you know takes a moment there with uh, Alec Baldwin's character whenever he's dying it's like that that and then the, with the police officer mm-hmm. and then whenever you know all these like smaller moments that are that are really drama heavy it's mm-hmm. like with a faster pace you don't really get those moments yeah and so it's it's really nice to have had a different style of a mission impossible movie as far as the pacing goes have it mm-hmm. slow down just slightly in some spots like those key moments to give yourself a breath from the the rapid fire action yeah you ready to rate this thing man yeah let's go for it what would you rate this movie if i were to rate this movie uh you know i'd, I'd go relatively high for me you know i'd go probably mm-hmm. high high sevens you know nice. i mean just just over, overall maybe a 7.8 7.9 i was gonna do uh, a, a solid eight as well a, so. a, a, re- a really solid movie uh i think almost anybody could see it and definitely just enjoy it and have a great time with it to me, even there's some rewatchability there just because uh, there is a lot of information in the plot. And like I said, you really can really divulge into the story. There was definitely some stuff that I didn't even understand, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. might have flown over my head and uh, would be worth a re- rewatch or uh, especially I'd be, you know, excited to watch so many of the Mission Impossible movies I haven't seen in a long time. And it'd be mm-hmm. great to watch several of them again. It kind of, uh, you know, reinvigorated my love for the franchise in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Agreed. Uh, so yeah, I thought, I thought it was, thought it was really, really good. Worth the watch, uh, for almost anybody. Agreed. I, I give it a, a solid eight there. I think like this franchise is like one of the sleeper hit franchises. Yeah. It doesn't have like a crazy fan base, you know, where it's like, it's not like people are like pulling off the, you know, beating down the doors of the theater to get mm-hmm. the next one or whatever. We're not lining up for, for miles to go see it. It's not at like Comic-Con or whatever, but it is a, one of the most solid action film franchises um, of all time, I would say. And it takes its time. You know, it, it's not one that kicks out a movie every year and a half, yeah. you know, I would say, you know, you got to give Tom Cruise time to heal those broken bones. Exactly. You know, I would say like, when was the last one? Three years ago. I mean, I would say that's normally the quickest that you see a new one come out is like every three years, you know, sometimes four or five, uh, which in my mind typically leads to a better movie in a lot of ways when, you know, you do kind of, 
make a movie out of passion for making that movie and out of a good idea for making that movie, not just like, let's just make another one and be, have it be successful. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think we will see Mission Impossible 7. I think, you know, we could wait another three or four years to see it. Yeah. Uh, and I think it'd probably still be worth it, you know, oh, at, yeah. at the time. It's a, it's a very, uh, been a very consistent franchise over the 20 plus years that it's been going. And uh, with primarily the same cast of characters uh, through a lot of those films, which I think has uh, is a lot of what helps uh, keep it together. You know, mm-hmm. you know, it's more than just Tom Cruise that's kind of keeping that franchise oh, a yeah. thing. It's because you're constantly reusing characters, and you have it. Really, is the IMF team? Yeah. In the movies, well, you know, then that makes it great. In this one, like we end this one, we have um, Ilsa joins. Is is I would suspect joining the team officially, which is nice as well. Like yep. she was a great addition last movie, but like she was still in the oh I'm in my six, and then this one it's like oh I'm I'm you know. She's there to to take yeah. out this dude and still try to get free of the the uh, you know MI six or whatever. So it's 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 uh it's nice to expand the team and everybody that they've kind of they've taken their time when they enter that team and how they like even with mm-hmm. like Jeremy Renner or whatever. It's like he was a good addition a couple few movies ago and then he was in a couple of them and now he's kind of cycled out a little bit. We've had yeah. you know we've got Alec Baldwin kind of cycling out as well. So we have these like cool additions like uh like uh, Angela Bassett you know potentially. Who knows how, how everything mm-hmm. goes. And then uh, Ilsa, um, which played by Re- Rebecca Ferguson, uh, coming in as well, which is, I mean, I think those are always fun fun things to see things cycle, like to have fantastic mm-hmm. actors take on these roles for, for times and then kind of cycle out of franchises too. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. All right. Uh, if anything, I would say I'm a little bit upset uh, that we won't get any more Henry, Henry Cavill in the Mr. Oh, Possible franchise because he, he did also die. Me too. Uh, in, in a very epic fashion, though. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Very epic, Very like epic like man. I feel like he was being getting chipped away at the entire movie. Like he's uh-huh. just like getting scratch here, scratch there, there, and then finally, like whenever everything happens, it's like oh my goodness. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We didn't kill the main dude though. We didn't kill uh kill what's his face. Uh, Scott Lang. Yeah. Scott Lang still at large. Well, I mean, he's, we've captured him. Oh, he's captured him. Yeah. But he's like he could he could still be the the big villain next time. Could be. Who knows? You know. It's hard. It's hard to stop a man. You know, it's like the Joker. You know, it's it's hard to stop a guy that like he just wants to burn it down. Yeah, it's just like he doesn't care. That's right. Well, he, was, I mean, he, he was about to kill himself <laughs> in the end of the movie. It's just like whatever. It's just, just like I I'm just done. want the chaos, man. It's just like nothing else matters. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that and at the end of the day, that's that's the most dangerous person. You know, the one that you genuinely don't know what he's gonna do. And uh, it's there's you got nothing to bargain with him with it because <laughs> you, you've got no leverage against him. That's right, I love it. You can follow us online at standsarguerpodcast.com. I'm not sure what we're doing next week. I think we'll probably have a topic next week. Chris returns next week. It's the return the, of Chris. That's right. <laughs> Maybe, the, maybe you know? Question mark? You know? It's like uh, what, what was it at the end of uh, Infinity War? The Avengers will return. Yeah, true. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, you can you can follow me on Twitter at John Wright seven 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 and Chris at Chris Wright two five zero. I oh, believe. Oh man. I don't know. I don't know if that's right. <laughs> anyway, do you have a Twitter, Jared? Uh, you know, it's somewhere out there, but mainly you can follow me on the next podcast. That's right. You know, and then maybe there'll be an update on social media. At there that might time. be some skywriting if you just look up every once in a while. Uh-huh. You can just write messages in the sky. Yeah, you know, John's got my number. You can tweet him about <laughs> it. 
Uh, if, if you want, in fact, if you want to get a hold of me, just tweet John or Chris about me. I would love to be a conversation on Twitter. That's happening at any time. I like so, it. So, tweet them about me, and uh, they'll get to me. I'm into it. I'm into it. Well, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.